little bit afterwards that people can say hi to you? Okay, so uh, uh, be sure to see them. How many years has it been since you have worshipped with us on a regular basis? Thirty. Wow. Okay. Time flies. Well, you old timers can say hello to uh, Lee and Joan and everybody else. Uh, introduce yourself and get to know them. They're they're a wonderful couple. All right. Tonight we are looking uh, at the Tower of Babel, as we are looking at random portions of Scripture tonight. I want to just do an overview of some lessons we can learn from the Tower of Babel. So introduction. The story of Babel is the story of a group of people who, in rebellion to God, did not want to disperse throughout the entire earth. Nevertheless, God does disperse them by confounding their language. Uh, background. The sons of Noah who went forth from the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these the people of the whole earth were dispersed. Now Babel was a kingdom that was established by the ungodly line. The sons of Noah who went forth from the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan, and we all know about the land of Canaan and its inhabitants. And Ham the father of Canaan saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. When Noah woke from his wine and knew that his youngest son had done to him, he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall be to his brother. So Ham's line was cursed by God, and uh, they become the, the ungodly people. The sons of Ham, Cush, Egypt, Put, and Canaan. The sons of Cush, Seba, Havilah, uh, Sabata, Rama, and Sebekta. The sons of Rama, Sheba, and Dadon. Cush fathered Nimrod. He was the first on earth to be a mighty man. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord, the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. All right, so there's a quick sketch of the ungodly line traced back ultimately to Ham. Babel is the story of a group of people who do not want to disperse throughout the whole earth. Originally, all people spoke the same language, Genesis 11.1. 1. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. Uh, actually, you find people speaking other languages in chapter 10, so we don't have a chronological order here. That's important to keep in mind. Uh, 11 explains 10, actually, uh, where all these different language groups came from. B, some of the ungodly line traveled as far as Shinar and decided to live there. And as the people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. There are 14 different Hebrew words for to dwell or to settle. This is a word which speaks of a permanent dwelling. It, uh, the emphasis is of putting down roots. Uh, they were there to stay. All right, uh, that was their, their future. While at Shinar, they adopted some goals for themselves. First, they decided to build a permanent dwelling place. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And the thought of burning them thoroughly was to make them substantive. Okay, it was to harden them so that they would last for an extended period of time. Uh, again, the emphasis on permanence. So they were doing everything they could 
to settle and establish themselves there. Secondly, they wanted to become large and firmly, firmly established. They said, come, let us build ourselves a city. And the uh, key word there is ourselves. Uh, they were building that city for themselves, for their glory, not for God. And uh, they wanted to uh, cluster together. They decided to build a magnificent tower. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a, a city and a tower with its top into the heavens. The tower was introduced and intended to be a magnificent feat accomplished to their own praise. Now, there's a lot of conjecture of what it means to build this tower into the heavens. Was this uh, actually like a, a ziggurat? Was this uh, a, a temple of worship? Were they uh, trying to exalt themselves in the place of God? Uh, all of that is pretty debatable. But what we can at least say at bottom line that is uh, undebatable is that uh, they were trying to make a name for themselves. Four. They decided to establish a great reputation for themselves. Let us make a name for ourselves. They, they were intended to exalt themselves in the place of God, actually. And uh, so they wanted to demonstrate their abilities and powers. And for tonight, what is most significant is that they refused to be dispersed throughout the land. They said, come, let us build ourselves a city, a tower, for this top of the heavens, let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. They didn't want to do that. D, the Lord then examined the actions of the people. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. God is not pleased with their actions, for they were seeking to rebel against God. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they all have one language. And this is the only beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. So God decided to create different languages in order to overthrow the people's plans. He said, come, let us go down and confuse their speech. By this means, God scattered the people over the face of the entire earth. So the Lord dispersed them from here over the face of all the earth. So here are some applications. E, God overthrew the plans of the people. God frustrated their plans. Verse 8, they left off building the city. Two, they did not make a name for themselves. Instead, the place was called Babel in honor of what God had done. Therefore, the name was called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. Uh, Babel at its root means folly. And uh, here was a place of folly. Rather than building a great reputation, uh, the city was never built, the tower was never built, and it was a folly. It was a scheme that didn't come to pass. Three, through their resolve, though their resolve was not to be dispersed, God dispersed them anyway. And if you notice, that's the key statement in, in this passage. Verse 8, so the Lord dispersed them from over the face of all the earth, and they left, nothing, they left off building the city. Verse 9, therefore his name is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. 
The main idea is that the scattering of the people over the whole earth. The people did not want to scatter. Verse 4, lest we be dispersed over the face of all the earth, but God scattered them. And from there, the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. So their plans were frustrated. Their purpose was uh, not achieved. And God's purpose and will was achieved. So now let's do some background to this passage. Why was it necessary that God would scatter the people? A, God originally commanded that Adam and Eve should fill the earth. And God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over living that moves on the earth. Uh, so God's intention was that mankind's uh, dominion would reflect the dominion of God. Mankind is created in the image of God. Male and female created he them. And uh, he gave them dominion over the earth. And as God's dominion extends to all the earth, so was theirs to extend to all the earth. Of course, then, the, uh, there was the fall. There was the rebellion. And there was a destruction of all but Noah's family. B, the command to fill the earth was repeated after the flood. Genesis 9, 1, and God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So God's purpose was to be achieved now uh, by Noah and his family. Uh, Adam and Eve failed. Uh, they are to take over and they are to do the, the very same thing. And notice that in Genesis eleven four. This ungodly line, they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. Let's make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. They didn't want to fulfill God's purpose and plan for them. And the purpose of being scattered was to glorify God throughout the entirety of the earth. Their intention was build a name for ourselves. Let's glorify ourselves. Let's huddle down and achieve our purpose, our goal, our agenda, okay? Uh, so that's the background to the Tower of Babel. Now I want to make some New Testament applications. Three, in the New Testament, the gospel was to be taken to the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus came and said to them, that's the disciples, of course, after the <coughs> resurrection, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Then again in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So this is very similar concept to God telling Adam and Eve to fill the earth, God telling Noah and his family to fill the earth, uh, glorify God this time in taking the gospel, uh, that everyone would recognize the authority and power of God. A. However, there was a reluctance on the part of God's people to take the gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth. Therefore, God had to scatter them by means of persecution. Acts chapter 8, verse 1. And Saul approved of his execution, that's Stephen's, 
And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. All right, so he had said to them in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that uh, you were to take the gospel to Judea, to Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So he gets them moving. And they are now going to Judea and Samaria. That is, these persecuted believers, except for the apostles who stay in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 8, verses 2 and 3. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church and entering those after uh, house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. That was God's intention. Uh, that was God's purpose, okay? So this persecution was actually accomplishing the will of God. God is sovereign, and God uses all things. And he even uses persecution in order to move people to places where otherwise they would not have gone. So now they go and they are preaching the gospel. B, but even though they were being scattered about, the early converts failed to preach to the nations. Verse 19, now those who were scattered, that word keeps coming up time and time again, now those who were scattered because of the persecution arose over Stephen, traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. So they were still not taking the gospel to all the nations. They still were not taking it to every uh, ethnic group. And it's important when we think of the word nations that we don't think of geographical boundaries. We don't think of like United States and Russia and uh, political entities. Uh, but uh, the word for nations is the word ethnos from which we get ethnicity. And at the core of that ethnicity is language. And we are told in the book of Revelation that there are going to be people from what? Every tongue, tribe, people, and nation. Okay, So every language is going to be uh, represented. Every people group is going to be represented in heaven. For that is God's purpose, for his gospel to be taken to all parts of the earth. Every language group is going to be redeemed. So we have in the New Testament a direct opposite, if you will, of what's taking place at the Tower of Babel. So for, uh, so see, so God sovereignly intervened to reach the nations. At Pentecost, God reverses what took place at Babel. God brought the nations together at Pentecost. At Babel, God dispersed them. Now there were John in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. So now the nations were coming to Jerusalem for the celebration of uh, Passover, etc. B, God supernaturally gave ability to his disciples, the ability to speak foreign language and thus communicate. At Babel, God prevented mankind from communicating. So he does just the opposite. Verse 1, and when the day of 
Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like mighty rushing wind and filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. These other tongues are languages. See, the result was that the foreigners from all over the entire earth all heard the word taught in their own language. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each one of us in uh, his own native language? That uh, language that we grew up with, our own particular dialect, okay? How is it that all of a sudden, these Galileans are able to speak our language and they're amazed by it. Well, it's the work of God in his sovereign purpose to reach all nations. Then it describes these nations, verses 9 through 11. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. So God is being praised. They're, they're hearing of what God has done. <clears throat> they are, in essence, building God's reputation when in the Tower of Babel they were seeking to build their own reputation. But notice, this is not the plan of any man this is, again, a sovereign working of God. D, the granting of the gift of tongues was used to spread the gospel to other people groups, tribes, and nations, achieving his purpose. This was a reversal on the part of God in confounding the languages in Babel in order to thwart their purpose. Praise was brought to God rather than the people. Uh, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. God's praise was made known throughout the whole earth. Now, some concluding applications. I'm going quickly so that you can roast some corn, okay? I'm gonna let you out early. So hang with me a few more moments and you can fill your stomachs, all right? But hang with me for about another five minutes. Conclusion. We're to see in the narrative of the Tower of Babel the propensity of people to gather and not scatter. All right, that is a human tendency, and I would submit to you a sinful human tendency. We may not think of it that way, but uh, the desire to hunker down rather than to take uh, the gospel to our neighbor uh, across the street, as well as the, the person across the city, and then ultimately across the world, uh, really runs counter to the plan of God. B, God has given to his people the task to take the gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth. There is still a reluctance on the part of God's people to take the gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth. D, we must constantly be on guard against the temptation to gather rather than to scatter. The tendency is to want to make a name for ourselves. That, that's part of it, you know. Uh, um, 
don't know if I want to say this. Uh, I don't want to pick on our president, but you know, it's, it's Tower of Babel, Trump Tower, you know, uh, making a name for yourself, wanting to be known throughout the entire world. You know, you know the, the, as you think about establishing uh, these places throughout the entire earth, uh, nation after nation uh, has places where there's Trump Towers. That, that to me is, is rather interesting, okay? Because the Bible talks about in the Old Testament about uh, building lands and naming them after ourselves. Um, we should want to bring honor and glory to God. Okay, C, oh, D. Number two, we should be seeking to make God's name known and be glorified. If God's people stubbornly refuse, he's able to scatter us. God can and does move us sovereignly. Uh, that happens in many ways in, in the Old Testament. He scattered them to the Tower of Babel by uh, means of the uh, confounding the languages. Uh, he confound, he uh, scatters New Testament believers by persecution. Uh, he scatters through uh, the exile, Babylonian captivity, uh, taking Daniel and other uh, nobles to Babylon to reach Darius the Mede and uh, convert uh, foreign kingdoms and nations. Uh, God uses captivity uh, to take people when you know, uh, Israel was at, at their low point. And we often think about the sin of Israel, but we stop to realize that that sin brought dishonor to God. It did not take his glory and his name to, to other nations. Remember the promise to uh, Abraham was that he was going to be a father of many nations and that he would be a blessing to many nations. Uh, so when Israel failed to be that blessing, God in his sovereignty brought the Babylonian captivity. The prophets were clear to say, this is of God, don't fight against it. That's the whole book of Jeremiah. Lay down your, your weapons for this is God's work. This is God's doing. God is taking people to achieve his sovereign will. So as we look at this, this world, okay, keep a sovereign God in view. As you read your newspaper, think of a sovereign God, okay? And, and don't just wring your hands and say, what is happening to this world? But rejoice that we still serve under a sovereign God and try to reflect on what God might be doing. Uh, G, God's glory and dominion is to be displayed over all the earth. H, he will assure that it will be brought to pass. Now, two more comments that are not on your sheet. I, just as on Pentecost, that when the disciples were not taking the word of God to the nations in the way that they should, God brought the nations to them. And uh, we live in a very unique period of history, one in which it is incredible the way in which God is bringing the nations to us. That people are flocking to America. And you, you think of third world countries 
People that are coming to the United States, we don't even have to go to them. They're coming to us. And also think about how secular society is trying to resist that. Trying to keep people out rather than to welcome them and embracing them. For that is the natural view of mankind. It is not to reach. It is to separate. It's to divide. It's to build our own city rather than, than to welcome. But we have a sovereign God, and he's bringing people to the United States. And uh, they're in our cities. They are even more in our suburbs anymore. Uh, and the people from virtually every tongue and tribe and people and nation. You listen to all the foreign languages that are being spoken, and that's a big debate, you know, in America today. Uh, should everybody have to learn English? Should everybody? Uh, but, but just think about it. From a sovereign God perspective of what a unique period of time we live in, when all these people on our doorsteps. And let me leave you with one other th thought about a sovereign God's working. Uh, many times we are not reaching those people groups even though they're in our backyard, okay? We're not reaching out to them uh, with the gospel in a way that we could. So we have a sovereign God who is doing another remarkable thing. And that is that he is sending nationals from third world countries that are coming to the United States to study, to be prepared, uh, to learn, to, to, to teach. And, and one of the phenomena that it, uh, is taking place in religious education in the United States is the ethnic diversity, that uh, seminaries and Bible colleges are seeing more and more foreign students. And uh, there are many seminaries in the United States where actually Caucasians are in the minority. Uh, Korea sends an awful lot of people uh, to the United States. Uh, the African nations send an awful lot of people to the United States. And uh, just food for thought, because as you read the magazines, as you read uh, the, uh, uh, as I say, Christian magazines, as, as you read the blogs, etc., that there are a lot of people that are lamenting the fact that these people are coming from uh, the third world nations. They come to the United States, they're taught, and they don't go back. And there's a lot of criticism that they are not going back to minister to their, their people. But I'd like you to think about a little different take. And that is because many of them are staying here to reach their people in this country. It's amazing the number of people that are coming into this country. Uh, I wasn't going to use this as an example, but uh, it just popped in my head. So, um, as, as you know, many of you know that uh, uh, Matt and Suki were uh, in uh, Tanzania for a period of time. Uh, they are now uh, planting a church in York, uh, trying to work with a, a multiple ethnic group of people from uh, a number of different 
places. So they're trying to start an, uh, a multi-ethnic church. Well, one day, Suki was in a store in uh, <clears throat> the uh, more difficult section of, of York, and she saw a woman standing there in Tanzanian garb. And uh, Suki went up to her and said hello, and she just kind of stared at her. And so she, Suki greeted her in uh, Swahili, and her face lit up. And uh, so she started talking to Suki. It turned out she'd only been there for a week, didn't know a word of English, had a family of 10, had come over in a refugee program. And uh, so she's there, okay. Next week, there's another family from Tanzania that uh, has, has come over. And so they're now uh, uh, worshiping uh, in, in the church situation there. But, but it's an amazing how a sovereign God brings people from Tanzania and places them in York, of all places, okay? And these people are being placed there, but just dumped. Uh, people are supporting them. They're, they're helping them get over, but the, the, the agency that's in charge of them is in Pittsburgh. And so, you know, these, these people are stranded, but uh, it's a wonderful opportunity for Matt and Suki to minister. I only say that because, you know, one reason that people are staying from third world countries is because there's these huge pockets of peoples in America that nobody is reaching. And they're staying to reach their own people. But the ironic thing is they're reaching them here <laughs> as opposed to reaching them there. Isn't our God amazing? Sometimes it's just wonderful to sit back and look at what a sovereign God does. To me, that's the story of the Tower of Babel. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you that you are indeed a sovereign God. We thank you that your purposes are being accomplished and fulfilled in ways that we never would dream of. Uh, Lord, uh, you have a way of overcoming our reluctance. You have a way of sending us out. You have a way of bringing people to us. Uh, Lord, just help us to be sensitive. Uh, help us not to be so, so critical. Uh, help us to believe in a very practical way that you rule the decisions that are taking place in this world. And you are moving people by your discretion. Large, large groups of people. And Lord, help us as we think about all the migration, everything that's taking place. Give us a per Christian perspective. Lord, help us not to adopt the views of the world. Help us uh, to stop and contemplate about unique opportunities and privileges and responsibilities. And, and Lord, if nothing else, may we just stop and praise you that it's incredible the way that you are able to confound the wise and overcome the limitations, and even the weaknesses and rebellion of your people. I thank and praise you that you are bringing glory to yourself in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, and uh, enjoy the corn.